0: Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens.
1: Welcome to the mini break. Your daily podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Friday, October 23rd. Another day... Another WTA upset in the professional tennis world, Veronica Kudermatova knocking off number two-seeded Karolina Pliskova in Ostrava. It's the second win for Kudermatova over Pliskova since play restarted at the beginning of August. Of course, that's just one of the many fantastic results we saw on in Thursday's action. You look across the professional tennis world, we've got the WTA Tour in Ostrava. Of course, we've got two ATP 250 events, one in Antwerp, the other in Cologne. Two really fun challenger events. It's always cool when you get to see a little bit of carpet tennis, particularly in 2020. And of course, when you're playing on carpet, you're going to get some funky results. That's exactly what we've seen. We also have an outstanding day on the ITF circuit in terms of their women's events, some really fun young players playing in France, and then the event in America, the 80k in Georgia. It really could also be a WTA international at the least. It is that high quality of a field. So a really fun podcast for all of you listeners today. Of course, if you have not already, I highly recommend you head over to our Cracked Interviews podcast feed where you can hear the questions I asked of yesterday's performers in Ostravo. We're fortunate enough to be able to be on those Zoom press conferences. They send out audio of the questions that are asked, the audio of the responses as well. We compiled my questions, made them Cracked Interviews podcast. You can hear from, I believe, six of yesterday's players. And, you know, obviously, here we're here to break down, give my thoughts, offer my analysis, but you want to hear directly from the players, go check out those Cracked Interviews podcasts. We're going to wor- work in some of those answers into today's show, but, of course, you can hear the full, unfiltered answer on that Cracked Interviews feed. And, of course, the reason we're able to do this day in, day out here on the Mini Break podcast, recap all the exciting things going on in the professional tennis world because of the support we get from our sponsors over at... Midwest Sports and Aero Bar, you know our motto here at Cracked Rackets. What is it? I'll tell it to you. You look good. You feel good. Ultimately on the court, you're going to play good. And that's where our friends at Midwest Sports and Aerobar come in. You go to MidwestSports.com. You'll find anything you need from a tennis equipment uh, standpoint. You'll find all of the best brands in the business, some incredible deals as well that'll help you save a little bit of money in your pocket. And by the way, to save some money in your pocket, use our promo code CR15 while you're there. You'll get 15% off your order, free two-day shift. On all orders exceeding $75. And best of all, that free can of Wilson extra duty tennis balls. Be sure to go to MidwestSports.com. Use that promo code CR15. Of course, to get your nutrition in the right place, turn to the company producing the only tennis specific energy bar in the business. Our friends over at Aero Bar. It's more potassium than a banana, delicious cinnamon, honey, oat, and chocolate chip flavors. And best of all, comes with a podcast our Getting to the Point episodes where we focus on the importance of nutrition and health. I feel like I don't say this enough. I got to do one of my dream podcasts. I grew up on stories of Malavia Washington, what he did at the University of Michigan. Of course, one of his teammates at the time was my coach. Uh, And so we actually got him on the podcast, and it was outstanding. You can hear that and so many more of our great guests on the Cracked interviews and Mini Break feeds. Uh, So be sure to go check out those podcasts. Be sure to support our friends at Aerobar by going to aerobar.com using that promo code CRACKED15. Now, with that in mind, it's only fitting that I start today's podcast in Ostrava, right? Because I actually got the chance to speak to some of these players following their results. And, of course, it's been a phenomenal tournament all week, all week. Yeah, week long. I'm thinking all year long. It's been a phenomenal season since the restart. I mean, the parody on the WTA Tour, really, it's calling card right now. And I feel like it's only fitting. We start with the upset on the day. The top two, uh, number two seeded Karolina Pliskova knocked off by Veronica Kudermatova, 4-6, 6-4, 6-3. With Pliskova being knocked out, we've seen both the top two seeds now exiting this event in the round of 16. Two days ago, it was Maria Sakkari knocking off. Uh, Alina Svitolina today. It's Kuner Matova getting her second win over Pliskova. And, you know, Pliskova came out hot in this match. She goes up a set and a break. She wins that first set, 6-4. She goes up to love, but credit to Veronica kudermatova who her level just continued to improve throughout this match I mean you look in that first set she goes three of 11 on second serve points three of seven in the second set four of 13 on the on the in the third set but it's her effectiveness on the first serve that gets her through all of these matches I mean in set number one 62 percent of her first serves go in, she wins 83 percent of those points sets number set number two 72 percent first serve percentage she wins 67 of those those points set number three she's 16 of 19 on first serve points when she was able to play plus one tennis she took it to Carolina Pliskova and we all know what you know what Carolina Pliskova's game looks like if you give her time in the center of the court if she's the one dictating the terms of engagement you lose the match and because she's that good of a power hitter because she's that good moving forward and just taking time away from you and just being decisive and going for her shots but Kudermatova Matova imposed her will. On Pliskova, she was the one being aggressive. She was the one changing direction or throwing in drop shots, moving forward, just doing everything she could to keep Pliskova out of rhythm. And, of course, neither of these players particularly good on their second serve in this match. That was such a critical thing. Who was able to control the point, get the first plus-one ball, and, you know, again, take control. You know, Pliskova, 12 of 35, 34% in the match on her second serve. Kudermatova, uh, 10 of 31, 32%. The biggest difference. difference as I mentioned that first serve Kudermatova makes 64% of her first serves in the match 43 of 55 on those points Pliskova at only 59% 50 of 85 33 of 50 on those points and again in a match with margins that thin in a match where there's only six or 15 total points deciding the difference in this one it's the fact that Kudermatova was able to play five more points on her first serve was able to win 10 more points on her first serve as well it's the little things that start to Add up. And for Veronica Kudermatova, I mean, I keep saying this, but for her at this point. She's inside the top 15, uh, number 47 right now, the 23-year-old Russian. It's been just such a steady progression for her up the rankings, and you know, it hasn't been the big, flashy result the way you see some of these young players. Obviously, the Kennens, the Osakas, the Andrescues of the world who just come out and start by winning everything, but for Veronica Kudermatova, you're, this is the progression you want. Again, this is any player out there who has pro aspirations would trade her link year progression for probably any development path out there you know in 2015 she's 400 in the world she's 210 after 2016 257 after 2017 but then makes another big jump she jumps up to 115 at the end of 2018 number 41 at the end of 2019 now you know she didn't get to play a full 2020 season but you look at the things she did better this year I mean obviously this win over Pliskova a big moment in her career but she got you know the two top 10 wins Over Pliskova. She got two last year as well. So now she's up to four top 10 wins. She makes, you know, the quarterfinals here at this event. She's obviously buying in to the things she can do on court. And, you know, now the next step is, you know, more consistency. You need to see it week in, week out, right? We've seen. Pockets of brilliance from Veronica Veronica Kudermatova, but now we need to see her do it over a week span. Uh, But this was a phenomenal result for her and for Karolina Pliskova, and we talked to her a little bit in the press conference as well. Unfortunately, I didn't get any questions in because obviously that was a popular press conference, Uh, but... I don't want to say you could sense the disappointment, but she's ready to go back to the drawing board. I believe something she said was along the lines of, look, I've had five great years in a row. Uh, I suppose if I'm going to have a down year, I, I'm thankful that it was the down year where there's the fewest amount of tournaments to be played. But I'm ready to get back on the horse. I'm not going anywhere. And as a Pliskova believer, uh, that's what you want to hear. Because obviously, uh, with how many talented young players there are, her window to win a slam is closing. It's just a fact that you know she has more slams behind her probably. Than in her, than in front of her, uh, and I, I still think she's got some really good tennis left in her. I don't think we've seen the last of Karolina Pliskova. Obviously, though, a great performance today from Kudermetova. Another phenomenal three-set battle, a top seed barely escaping upset, number three-seeded Arena Sabalenka, who gets, I don't want to say revenge, but I suppose earns, a, earns. A, yeah, I guess we'll say, gets revenge over Coco Goff after Goff knocked her out in Lexington. Sabalenka down 5-2 in the third set, comes back to win the match 1-6, 7-5, 7-6, this was a head-scratcher, folks. I mean, you look at the counting stats in this match. Obviously, the 6-1 lopsided first set. Goff going to have the total point had, to, had advantage. She won 95 to Sabalenka's 93. But, you know... Sabalenka got better and better, more effective on serve as this match progressed, and we got the chance to talk to her during her press conference. And I don't want to step on that completely. I would say go check out the Crack Interviews podcast to hear her extended thoughts. But she talked about how she had to become a little bit carefree down the home stretch of that match. That Coco Goff makes so many balls, right? She is never going to quit on a match. She's never going to give you a point. Sabalenka had to get a little bit more aggressive in these courts in Ostrová, playing so slowly, uh, but. Sabalenka, as she is capable, she can hit through any court, and she really did do a good job of finding her range in this match. You know, pretty solid. Makes 64% of her first serves, wins 64% of those points, uh, 46% of her second serve points. That's not bad. She's 4-4 on her break point chances. For Coco Gauff in this match, She was right there. I mean, she won 72, or she made 72% of her first serves, which is obviously such a big number for her because the second serve, probably the thing she still lacks uh, the most in her game, the most reflective aspect of her game where you're like, oh yeah, this player's only 16 years old, but she won 63% of those first serve points. Honestly, not bad 12-25 of on the second serve. It's just in the big moments, Sabalenka was able to do things a little bit easier than Coco Goff, right? Coco Goff's so great at retrieving, such a good defensive player, so good at turning defense into offense, changing directions, you know, making that extra ball. You think, okay, I've won the point. No, you haven't. Goff is right back in it. Um, but Sabalenka had the firepower advantage and it reflected very much so in the tie break a couple of big serves big returns from Sabalenka she takes it 7-2 this was a great fight from Coco Goff now and obviously at 16 years old inside the top 50 all of us wondering what does Coco Goff do next what does her offseason look like what are the things she thinks she needs to work on to take the next step to continue her rise ascension in the women's game I got the chance to ask Coco that question and rather than have me paraphrase, let's just hear directly from her. As you look to build towards 2021, obviously 16 years old inside the top 50, uh not too bad is the term that comes to mind. But for you, as you look forward to 2021, what will the things you will be most focused on to get your game to where you want it to be? Uh, definitely second serves. And um, uh, yeah getting more experience i
0: think on the court um, probably going to play a lot of practice sets and just play in different situations um back to like the pressure moment so i know what to do
1: in those situations and i mean i mean playing under pressure is not something you can really work on it's just something that you just have to experience enough times and so when you know what to do
0: you'll when you're in that moment you'll know what to do and i think that's what i need um It's just to experience it enough times, so I know. Okay, this is what I need to do when it's thirty all or deuce.
1: Can I just say? And I know this isn't a new thought. uh, Many of us already thinking this, but the maturity Coco Golf displays for a sixteen-year-old, the poise she shows, just. It's unbelievable. I mean, this is why everyone thinks special things are com- coming in her future. It's because she just, she does it all correctly. She just seems to be so, she just wants to succeed. She wants to be a champion and she wants to do it the right way. And I know that's a very superficial, platitudey put it put-it-on-a-billboard statement, but it's true for Coco Koff and I think that's why everyone's so excited about her. Of course, we also got the chance to speak with Sabalenka. You want to hear her comments on the match be sure to go check out those cracked interviews podcasts where you can hear from her as well as some of our other winners on the day and you look at those other winners uh, Jennifer Brady seven five six two over Daria casaquina up five two in that first set and then you know Brady started to Brady she Became a little bit more patient. She started waiting for the clear forehand approach shot winner. It was one forehand in the corner, two forehands in the corner, three forehands in the corner, fourth forehand in the corner, and then go down the line, open up the court for herself. And, you know, just too much firepower for her in the end. Indoor hard court. She looked great. Kasichina was great on the run in that first session. Whenever the match got into the outer third, she was the one who wanted to change direction or be decisive, keep Brady on her toes. But just Jennifer Brady, overwhelming. Kasakina in the end. Really good win for her. Great win for Elise Mertens, who you can hear from on that correct interviews podcast 6'462 over Mukova. Can hear from Mukova as well. Her plans for this offseason. She obviously someone many of us have circled as someone who can do special things in the women's game. And then Own Shabur, who it's not a maybe. She has been one of the best 10 players in this 2020 season. She knocked off Yelena Ostapenko four and four. Just too much variety for Shabur. The drop shots, the down the lines, the big serving. I mean, she was down breaks, I think, on four different occasions to Ostapenko in this match, and, you know, she just kept finding that extra shot, and that just shows how important confidence is uh, in professional tennis. Great victory for Jabour. I think Ostapenko is someone to circle, by the way, in 2021. I think she can still do some really special things. When she's fit, when her game looks right, look out, WTA Tour, and she's starting. You you see the signs again, so just a, a little flyer. Elena Ostapanko top twenty by the end of the twenty twenty one season, assuming we have an on schedule twenty twenty one season. But uh those are the that is the action in Ostrava. Obviously again, uh if you want to hear those further clips. Actually, you know what, let me throw in one more clip so you know what you listeners are getting into. I actually had the chance to speak again to Jennifer Brady after her match and we all know how good Jennifer Brady has been. I asked her, is she at all frustrated about the fact that they you know, she's playing this well and the season's coming to an end so normally in late October so many of these players drained does Jennifer Brady wish there was a little bit more of a season to uh so she could continue to show her stuff uh let's hear her answer to that question For you at this point of the season you know normally late October everyone's so fatigued from the year long grind Uh, obviously there was a six month hiatus this season for you given how well you are playing is it at all frustrating to not have you know three four more tournaments down the stretch here or are you ready to switch back into off-season mode
0: uh I'm feeling a little bit of both um I've been going since uh since World Team Tennis in July so I've been on the road for a long time and, uh, you know, I'd love to, obviously, if there were three, four more tournaments, um, I mean, that would be amazing. But at the same time, I I also feel like I need a a bit of a rest and, um, yeah, uh, I have mixed feelings about it, yeah.
1: Interesting to hear her mention world team tennis. Of course, all of us commended her on that decision. Anyone who watched that season, you could just tell how well she was playing. And she comes out in Lexington, obviously runs through that draw, semifinals of the U.S. Open. But there is a lot of tennis on the body of Jennifer Brady. But it's just interesting. It goes to show you when players have momentum, when they're hot, they want to ride that out, obviously, even if they have played three consecutive months at tennis at this point. But again, really fun day in Ostrava. I've already, you know, I'm recording this later in Friday than I would like. Uh, If I've already spoken to some of those players after those matches, so be on the lookout for further crack interviews for our conversations from the pressers. Uh, And hopefully, again, if you would like any questions requested, feel free to throw them in my DMs at GreatShotPod. Anyways, that's the action in Ostrava. Let's switch gears now and talk a little bit ATP tennis. Let's go to Antwerp first, where again we've got a little bit of 250 action on our hands. Uh, it should be, uh, you know, it was again. It should shaping up to be a really fun championship weekend. Uh, a couple of seeds moving on on the day. Karen Hachinov, really fun match against young 21 year old Belgian wildcard Zizou Bergs. Hachinov, uh, a five seven six four six four comeback victory. I'll say this about Bergs. I have not watched a lot of his tennis yet. You look where he is at currently in the live rankings, the 21-year-old. You know, it's not a Yannick Sinner case. It's not an Alejandro Davidovich-Volkina incident. He's currently 455 in the world, right? He's still got some work to do at the challenger level. May even have to play some ITF events just to get some points, build his rankings, but... Man, that guy is exciting. I mean, the Belgian crowd in Antwerp ate him up. They were pushing him on. They were like, "Let's go, Zizou! Let's go!" And you know, he was giving it right back to them. After every winner, you know, there was a big celebration. After every shot, there was a little extra emphasis in his commands or in his grunts, and it was delightful. I mean, it reminds you we all gone through tennis without fans now for so many months how great how propelling fans can be in a for a young player in their you know maiden stages of their career and he ate it up the down the lines were beautiful he played big he understood look if I make this match a physical match I'm not ready to compete with Karen Hatch I have to go for some shots and he absolutely did that and he showed off some weapons and you know now I think everyone's going to be watching him on the challenger tour wherever he plays because it was a really good performance Performance for him to take a set off of Hatchinoff. That it was a great match, but you know, he got tired down the home stretch and you know some of the flare, the jumping overheads. You're not gonna go for that in the third set. And he got a little bit tentative, and Hatchinoff took advantage of that fact, but still, for the young 21-year-old, what a phenomenal performance for Hatchinoff. Win to win, right? You put that one under the belt. You move on to the next day, and he's got a really tough one today against Dan Evans, which we previewed in our GSP Ace of the Day. So you can hear my thoughts on that match in on that podcast feed. Uh, Of course, that was not the only result. Cam Nori, really nice performance for the former All American against Milos Raonic. Now it was a five and six victory for Raonic, but. What I loved about Cam Nori is, you know, when you're playing Milos Raonic, he wants to cheat over to the outside. He wants to run around, hit inside out, inside in forehands, just use that wing to dictate. Cam Nori was not afraid to say, hey, Milos, I'm a lefty. Like, when you try and pick on the ad side, I have a forehand, and you know what's really good? My forehand down the line. And he just did a really good job of keeping Raonic honest and, you know, playing drive through the court, doing a good job absorbing the Raonic forehand with his own backhand. I mean, he only got broken once in the match. And no, Norrie didn't create a breakpoint chance for himself. Milos is going to Milos. I think he lost 10 points on serve on the day. But, you know, Cam Norrie, 39 of 50 on his own first serve, 16 of 30 two on second serve points, five of six on break points saved. He was in this match. He absolutely had a chance to win this. A couple of passing shots, a couple of net tapes here and there. Maybe he's able to scrap out a break. Of course, he didn't even have a break point. But still, this is a really good performance from Nori, who I think has quietly been one of the top performers since the restart uh, began. But obviously, Milos Raonic. He gonna Milos Raonic, and that's exactly what he did in this one. In terms of the other results on the day, I don't want to say it was an upset because it wasn't, but... You know, Lloyd Harris's win—well, I guess it was an upset, but Lloyd Harris's win over uh, Taylor Fritz yesterday, 7-5, 7-6, big serving tennis. And the day Taylor Fritz learns to volley is a scary day for the rest of the ATP Tour because I loved the way Fritz attempted to move forward. I loved the way he understood, look, Lloyd Harris is just looking for a big ball to pop so that he can move forward. I need to take the initiative, the onus of moving forward, of putting pressure on him, of protecting my own serve. But how many times do you need to watch Fritz float a forehand volley or a backhand volley or let a ball drop and take a half volley when he should have just been a step closer to the net and taken the ball out of the air? You can just see he's fighting his instincts, right? He's like, oh, I should move forward here. It's just not natural yet. It's getting better. It's definitely getting better. But this was a match you expect Fritz to win. Indoor hard courts. Again, two big servers, five and six, two Lloyd Harris. It was an either-or, but, you know, again— for Fritz, the same questions remain, I suppose. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. It's just a thing. Uh, anyways, the last result on the day, qualifier Marcos Scaron, former UCLA NCAA singles champion, currently inside the top 100, uh, gets the first top 10 win of his, top 20, excuse me, win of his career as he knocks off number one seeded David Goffin in straight sets. Now, of course, Goffin testing positive for COVID following the French Open, still, you know, in the immediate recovery fra- phase from that. And, of course, we are wishing... Him speedy, uh, speedy and safe recovery. But I mean, Marcos girone eighty-six in the world for the twenty-seven-year-old, and honestly. I think everyone thought that of him. Dating back to what? Was it the 2011, 2012? Who even remembers at this point? Probably me. Uh, Easter Bowl when he went on that run as a junior and he really started to pop out. And you could just tell physically this guy is a monster. What he can do from the baseline, it epitomizes modern tennis. Just so fluid from the corners, going to use your pace against you. Uh, this was a really good performance for him. Over again, uh, David Goffin, who did not have the best form, but you take it. That's a win for Marcos Girone and he is now solidly inside the top 90, which is just an incredible factoid of this 2020 season, a great thing, uh, to, one of the silver linings, I would say, of 2020. Now, it's going to be a really fun day in Antwerp today. You've got Ugo Umbert taking on Lloyd Harris, Dan Evans versus Hachinov, Diemenauer versus Marcos Giron as well. Those should all be fun. I should say Milos Raonic, unfortunately, pulling out of this event with a shoulder injury. So, That means I believe that Grigor Dimitrov will advance now. To the semifinals, but you know, still really fun championship weekend. The prospect of Demon Hour, Dimitrov, Evans or Hatchinov versus Umbaer—that That's fun, folks. Welcome to the next generation of tennis players. It's here and it's for us to enjoy. Now, that's the action in Antwerp. Let's go through Cologne quickly as well. Wasn't the craziest day in Cologne. Most things staying fairly uh, uh, close to script. Actually, what am I saying? I, I'm, I, they were, leave it in, Westhoff, but well, so here's the thing. If you listen to our Great Shot podcast, Ace of the Day, or you listen to yesterday's mini-break, you know I had a suspicion that Yoshihito Nishioka was going to upset Jan Leonard Strouf. I just thought the way Nishioka handled the pace of Kyle Edmund, this surface, indoors, the way he's able to move the ball... I thought he would give uh, Jan-Leonard Struff a ton of problems, and, you know, Struff was always going to have chances, he was always going to get to take some big rips on some second serves from Nishioka, and, you know, he certainly did that in this match on multiple occasions, but... I mean, Yoshi Nishioka, the way he moves the ball around the court, just his skills, it reminds me a lot of a guy who was another upset winner on the day, Jill Simone, six one four six six two, over Dennis Shapovalov. Now, it was not a great performance from Shapovalov on the day. Just a lot of sloppy errors, a lot of volleys that could have been put away that were either, you know, a little bit overcooked or missed in the net or then subsequently hit too tentatively because he had started to lose confidence in his volleys. But two upsets upset wins i suppose on the day simone 614662 simone just such a good litmus test by the way for where you're at as a young pro if you're beating jill simone comfortably you're doing something well because he just asks so many tough questions of you for yoshi nishioka He's going to be a fan favorite folks. There's no way you will ever watch a Yoshinori Shioka match and root against him. And it was just it was the joy he showed on his face after the match. It was delightful. So that's a great victory for him. And then finally Yannick Sinner. He Yannick Sinnered, 3 and 1 over Air Bear Schwartzman 3 and 2 over Asuka Ota. That leads us to a really fun again championship weekend here. We've got tomorrow Great matches. Schwartzman versus Davidovich Fokina. That's going to be an absolute battle. Sinner versus Simone. Zverev versus Manarino. Nishioka versus FAA. Can Nishioka scrap in Clause's his way against two big, you know, three big hitters, I suppose, back to back to back? That's going to be a great question to watch. But should be a really fun championship weekend in Cologne. Again, you know, the prospect of another Zverev FAA, the prospect of another Zverev Sinner. I'm all in on that. I would love to see Alex Virov get another shot at Yannick Sinner. So hopefully the tennis gods reward us for our patience, for our good behavior,
0: uh, but that's we are where we are at in Cologne. Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Of course, we had some great challenger
1: action as well. I wanted to talk about just briefly, as well as the ITFs uh, going on this week on the women's side. You know, of course, whenever you're uh, playing a carpet event, things are going to get weird. I suppose that's what happened yesterday in Germany. Kamka over you know, upset number two seed, Yannick Hanifman. Qualifier, Daniel Masur. Th- straight sets over wildcard Rosenkranz. Mark-Andrea Hussler, who's played so great of late. Three-set win for him over Braden Schnurr, And then Sebi Korda, 7-6. Six three over former Baylor all american Julian lands it's you know quarterfinals are set and you know, not the most top seeds, right? I think there's only uh, three of the top eight seeds we're landing in. They're all top four or less. It's number four seed Antoine Huang versus Martyrer, Gunaswaran versus Masur, Husler versus Korda, Vandesan Schloop versus Kamka. That's a really fun set of quarterfinal matches. And then, of course, in Istanbul, you had winners yesterday in McDonald, Kleezan, Ivashka, and Popko. For today's quarterfinal matches, it's Kleezan versus McDonald, Bonzi versus Jason Jung, Borna Gojo versus Sebastian. Sebastian and then Ilya Ivashka versus Dmitry Popko. So... Should be really, really fun day of tennis. Now, I also mentioned that you, uh, ITF event in Georgia. Just listen to these matches there. You've got Marta Katsyuk, the talented young player. We all saw what she did, what, third round of the U.S. Open. Uh, she takes on Masaki Doi. C.C. Bellis versus Sarah Irani. Hello. Sasha Vickery versus Vera Lepchenko. Hello. Francesca DiLorenzo versus, uh, I believe, Magda Frich. That's going to be a great match. You've got anaconya versus the talented... Uh, Turkish player Buya Uh You've got Clara Burrell taking on Shi uh, Yu You've got Robin Montgomery taking on Osean Doden. Tennis from top to bottom, start to finish, end of day, sun up till sun, or sun up till sundown. I almost said sun up till sunrise, sunrise till sun fall. Uh, it will be a fun day of action. And of course, if you have missed any of the action, be sure to go check out our website, crackrackets.com. Again, if you go check out the cracked interviews podcast, you can hear our conversations with these players in the press room. Of course, you can also hear my thoughts on the biggest storylines in tennis, as well as the ATP strategic plan for the future. We brought on Brett Ro- uh, Ben Rothenberg and Brett McCormick to discuss those very things. You can find those conversations on our Great Shot podcast feed, and you can find all of our content, again, on our website, crackedracket.com uh, Crackedrackets.com. I don't know why I said a singular cracked racket there. It's crackedrackets.com, folks. But, of course, someone who I always have to give multiple shout-outs to, never singular, our super producers, Max Flickner and Daniel Westhoff, for the f*** of an editing job they do day in, day out. Shout-out as well To our friends at Midwest Sports and Aerobar, be sure to go to MidwestSports.com. Use that promo code CR15. Go to Aerobar.com. Use the promo code Cracked15. With that in mind, for our wonderful super producers, Max Leonard and Daniel Westhoff, our friends at Midwest Sports and Aerobar, and all of us here at both Cracked Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex and You know what we say. That's the break. We'll talk to you all tomorrow. Thanks, everyone.